Hopefully, that this puts all doubts to rest. But just in case there are any lingering questions, tonight I'm prepared to go a step further. Tonight, for the first time, I am releasing my official birth video. Now, I warn you, no one has seen this footage in 50 years, not even me, but uh, let's take a look. to square one. I, I, I want to make clear to the Fox News table, that was a joke. Uh, that was not my real birth video. That was a children's cartoon. Call Disney if you don't believe me. They have the original long-form version. Just before I continue it, I want you to know that this is on CNN Business Channel, published uh, April 28th on YouTube, and you'll see that they always zoom into Donald J. Trump, where you can see that our president is sitting very poised and pretty much trying not to show emotion, and everyone's looking at him. This is 2011. Now let me continue this. There's a vicious rumor floating around that I think could really hurt Mitt Romney. I heard he passed universal health care when he was governor of Massachusetts. <laughs> Someone should get to the bottom of that. And I know just the guy to do it. Donald Trump is here tonight. Now I know that He's taken some flack lately, but no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? All kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, no, seriously, just recently in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice, 
at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. Well handled, sir. Well handled. Okay, and like I said, he's smiling, he's nodding, but you can tell he is not happy. Now, here is where the most important part is. And again, I directed you to the video on YouTube because it's very important that you pay attention to what Barack Hussein Obama depicted as Trump's White House. Here we go. Say what you will about uh, Mr. Trump. He certainly would bring some change to the White House. Let's see what we've got up there. Okay, so here's where I'm going to describe to you. He changed the White House view, showing people golfing in the corner, women with uh, bikinis uh, in a pool in the front of the White House, gold columns, and it says Trump, the White House, hotel, casino, golf course, presidential suite. But it clearly has the number 732. Uh, Someone can say that's a clock, but I can tell you what happened what what 732 there's there's a very significant battle that was fought in 732 AD and i've kind of circled back and forth about history and how people don't realize that there was a huge um invasion and revolution referring again to islam uh back in the early years uh, of, you know, the dark, dark ages is what I like to call it, between 600 A.D. and, uh, I would say, fifteen the 1550s. Because uh, that's where we have sketchy history, but that's where we see, you know, Arabic writing in Roman baths in Scotland, and no one seems to know how they got there. The Battle of Tours in 732 A.D., is what is called the battle that halted the spread of Islam in Europe. This is the Battle of Tours took place um, in Poitiers and Tours in central France, where the caliphate, the, the, the actual armies of Islam, you know, had come in, they had conquered the Iberian Peninsula and were going through Gaul. And that's where uh, they were held back. They seized church and um, they they, um, seized everything. And so what the French did at that point was hold it off. So that's why it's called the Battle de Tours of 732 is known to have um, halted uh, the invasion. So it's very um, specific if you guys go and see it how on the front of the White House he had a digital clock saying 732 on it, or what seemed to be a clock. 
you know, you don't have to look very far back to see that the cabal have had an issue with Donald Trump forever. He's been flirting with running as president, 80s, 90s, thousands. They mocked him. They did. They even mocked him when he was looking for a vice president. Which, uh, surprisingly, didn't have as much resistance as we think. So today's show, I want to talk about everything 2018. Because tomorrow is a new year. Starting on the first, well, tomorrow is the first day of the new year where a lot of things go into effect. And in 2018, if you just look at the list of executive orders, don't listen to the news, don't look at what he did or what laws were passed through Congress, but look through the executive orders, you will understand what's coming for 2019. So we all knew, for example, right, let's start there, that in 2016, uh, there was election meddling and uh, the president issued a, an executive order in 2017, and that's Executive Order 13799. He issued it in May of 2017. And it's called Establishment of Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity. Now, he created a commission for election integrity, which was um, created in order, obviously, to see the follow. First of all, let's talk about who headed it and who were members. So the vice president shall chair the commission which won't have more than 15 people. And the president is the one that's going to appoint the other 15 people, right? The, the other people aside from the vice president, which will include, you know, uh, as he says, uh, people that know about elections, election management, fraud detection, etc. The whole purpose of this executive order was to ensure and identify the laws, rules, and policies um, of how to um, ensure that they can instill some sort of, uh, I would say, confidence in the way we vote in federal elections, right? Because there's a lot of talk. Then, uh, according, to, according to this um, EO, um, he would also like to identify what undermines the people's confidence in the integrity of the voting process. And then the vulnerabilities in voting systems and practices used for federal elections. So he also went to define what improper voter registration means, where an individual does not possess the legal right to vote in a jurisdiction, is included as an eligible voter. The term improper voting means the act of the individual casting a non-provisional ballot in a jurisdiction and the term for fraudulent uh, voter registration, which means in the situation where an individual knowingly and intentionally takes steps to add ineligible individuals to voters' lists. And then fraudulent voting means the act of casting 
a non-provisional ballot or multiple ballots with knowledge that casting the ballot or the ballots is illegal. Okay? So that's what he did. He said the commission shall terminate 30 days after it submits its report to the president. That's when it terminates. And he outlined the, you know, federal provision. So we have this electoral commission that, um, you know, pretty much reports to the president uh, and it's head by the vice president. Now, everybody keeps saying that there is a report on uh, election fraud and um, what that entails. But I'm going to draw your attention to things that fly under the radar that nobody really talks about again. Because then that would be telling you what's really going on. And I've known about this, but obviously it wasn't the time to talk about it. But since everyone's so hot on the topic, I thought I'd guide people to where you can actually find information. Now, President Trump, on January 3rd, 2018, issued an executive order. Executive Order 13820. This order was to revoke Executive Order 13799 that was issued on May 11, 2017. So basically, he hereby revokes the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity, and it's accordingly terminated. And if you remember correctly, the previous executive order said... 30 days before, after I get my report, this will be terminated. So if it's January 3rd, 2018, that it was terminated, that would mean he had the results in December, on December, by December 3rd of 2017, not 2018. Because a lot of people have emailed me, texted me, yeah, 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 we're waiting on that. We haven't seen it. Well, the thing is, the president has, and it was over a year ago. So the fact that the news cycle is telling you now that there was a report out at the end of November that was to be issued or the beginning of December, they're a year late. Again, a year late. When I say that we have the most transparent presidency, it is in fact so. The mainstream media, including all those conservative talking heads too, obviously don't understand or don't listen to the president because they're more concerned about beating to the drum globally at the same time. So we have to understand that this report has already landed in our president's hands over a year ago. He already knows how and what. And this is why during the elections, the midterms that we had this year, we were able to identify election fraud. Nothing is of chance. Nothing just happens. 
And like I've said many, many times, I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm giving you the tools to think and create your own, uh, um, yield your own conclusions because we are people that have the ability to make our own decisions, not others make them for us. So here you have the federal register that will tell you exactly what he's been doing in 2010, how he's been doing it in 2010, and what he's going to be doing in 2019. Now, obviously there goes half an hour. Jeez, how fast did that go? Okay, so uh, in the next half hour, we're going to be talking about this article that Politico recycled from December 22nd, talking about a case that Chief Justice Roberts took his hands on and how, you know, basically Chief Justice Roberts has um, accepted this and it's curious. I tweeted about it December 22nd. They recycled it again, again inferring that this case has to do with Donald Trump or they're also implying that it has to do with the Mueller investigation. And I'm here to tell you it does not. That is super fake news has nothing to do with that. And we've talked about this. We already know what it has to do with. But we'll continue that after the break. So until then, I want you to just think of what you heard in the first half hour. Because going forward, this recap into 2018 and intro into what's going to happen for 2019 will all make perfect sense to you because at the end of the day, you can't just jump into something. You've got to lay the foundations and our president has been laying foundation after foundation. Everyone's freaking out thinking that they need to know uh, what this report is. That report has been around for over a year. They will not be able to fraudulently manipulate our elections again. This midterm election was a teaser. This is where we allowed them and watched them and caught them. Because I've said it before, if you're doing something covertly, if you are a spy... The problem isn't being caught. The problem is people identifying your methods. The minute someone can identify your methods, you're done. So this is all about methodology, what they've been doing and how they've been doing it. That's where we need to focus, that they have been using us as a platform to be able to do the things they do. And we've willingly allowed them to. And now they're in full-blown panic. So panicked that they have media institutions reporting falsehoods or deriving narratives from things that have no basis. I told you before Christmas way before Christmas, that there's something up with the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Politico ran an article yesterday that a lot of you 
we're talking over 20 people DM'd me, texted me, and emailed me about. And remember, my DMs on Twitter and on Gab are open, of course, at Tori underscore says. And you can always email me at Tori at Tori says.com too. The reason I'm telling you this is all of you sent it and all I tell you is show you the tweet from before Christmas and I would only advise that you listen to that show of the 22nd and 23rd of December. Well, no, I didn't have any. It would be the 24th, right? Because it was a Monday. And tomorrow we will be having a show, by the way. We have to get really excited. We'll talk about a lot of things today that we will see coming into light starting tomorrow. But remember, he's never going to tell the enemy what he's doing. He said that before, right? He said, I'd never tell my enemy what I'm doing. Because then they see you coming. And this is just one prime example. Remember, I brought to you the example of the Russian national spy at our U.S. embassy in Moscow. No one heard about it till a year later. And unfortunately, no one's reported that the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity terminated over a year ago. And what they're telling you that this report came out in November of December of this year is false. It was in 2017 when it came out. Incredible, right? Incredible how they use the media to manipulate what we think is fact when it's in fact fiction. On that note, I will speak to all of you in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your friend. Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking drugging broke your family hates you and you hate you get out of your hell on earth now call the detox and treatment helpline today for immediate help in many cases your insurance may cover the costs we can't guarantee it but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better pick up your cell phone and call right now 855 700 2978-855. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. That's Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. Hey, so call this is now, one 800 I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. super feel the technology is really not on my side today. Uh, it's My system is really playing up. Okay, so where were we? Like I told you, there are many things that we don't see coming and we don't understand, right? But um, I'm here to decode that for you. And it's not really coding because it's in your face. It's just that we're not looking because we have so many pundits so many talking heads, the mainstream media floods us literally with misinformation, and that's done on purpose. It's not done uh, to help you or guide you. It's done to have you not understand what's really happening. That's what's incredible, guys. It is incredible. It's incredible that people don't seem to be able to see this yet. It's been two years of misinformation. It's about time all of us realize what the real plan is here, what they're really doing here, which is to misguide us purposely. And the reason they need to misguide us is because if they don't, then they have a serious issue on their hands, a serious issue. How will they survive? How will they be able to go forward? How will they continue what they're doing? They can't. They are in full panic mode. So, like I said, we're going to talk about Politico's recycling of an article. Because they originally published it. Yeah, okay, my technology is really on the fritz today. I have no idea what's going on. So uh, so Politico published this article a few days ago. Again, everybody did on a Friday talking about a mysterious subpoena that is being contested. And I talked about this already, uh, that it was thrown out by a three-panel uh, judge in district court telling them, too bad, you have to comply. And they were like, no, 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 it'll go against our country's laws. Uh, We don't want to comply. And everyone's talking about it because nobody knows, um, you know, what the subpoena is about, who it's referring to. All they know is that it's a company and it's based out of a country. And that's all they know. And Politico decided to run with an article, right? To run with an article that says, 
that's titled A Holiday Mystery. Why did John Roberts intervene in the Mueller probe? Mueller probe? Hold on a second. Mueller probe? So here's where it gets creepy. How do you know it's the Mueller probe? That's number one, politico. And the Mueller probe, does it have to do with Donald Trump? No, it does not. How is Mueller involved? Well, you'll find out. But what this tells us is that since they know that no one will talk about it, they can just write whatever they want. This is what bad reporting is. I mean, how many times have we caught CNN, NBC, ABC, The Washington Post, Huffington Post, Politico, and many others, even conservative ones? that tell you things that are completely untrue. You see it all the time. I mean, that's how they make their bread and butter. That's how they do it. So the question here is, Politico, why are you saying this? Why are you tying this to it? And why are you putting our president's name? Because basically they say a mysterious grand jury subpoena case has been working itself through the D.C. court since August. And Doty, uh, reporting by Politico, linked the grand jury case to special counsel Robert Mueller. How did he link it? Continuing, he says, some of us connecting the dots wondered whether Mueller's antagonist in this secret subpoena battle might be President Donald J. Trump. So this is what they do. They create a narrative because now that we're getting a new house, you better believe it, that they will try impeachment, even though it won't work, because what are they going to impeach him on? Impeach him on what? Avoiding war? Lowering taxes? Creating jobs? Eliminating corrupt officials? I want to know how all these people still have money. With all these executive orders stopping, not stopping, confiscating, their accounts in other countries and offshore countries. I wonder where they're getting all this money from to peddle this. So basically, um, just to run through the article quickly, they say four days. Um, okay, so speculation heightened two weeks ago when the D.C. Circuit cleared an entire floor of reporters assembled for the oral argument of this case. And if you guys remember, I had said on my show, it is not about Donald Trump. The person was not present. They were remotely called in. I stated that because here's the thing with high profile cases that our president was determined to keep under wraps. This is where bad reporting happens. And you better believe it that today I'm working on a Politico is another, again, Politico is a mouthpiece for the deep state. I've already done a piece like that. You can find the article on Tory says.com. Well, now I'm going to smash them down. Because if they were really connecting the dots to give you the full story, you'd know that late spring this year, President Trump's team, the Department of Justice for President Trump, requested the judge keep the Hillary Clinton trials under seal, even though they attempted to unmask them so that people can know. And the reason that he did this is because there's going to be crap like this that we see on Politico coming out. There's going to be people softening the blow 
of what they did, quid pro quo. I can tell you there's a quid pro quo that no one has talked about that I will be revealing this week. It has to do with an Asian country. It has to do with a lot of money, and it has to do with terrorists. And I have all the documentation, all of it. Now, and to that note, Politico has completely lost the plot. So they're saying it's since August that they've been battling. Yeah, they need this company to maintain its silence. And here's the thing. Like I told you on December 4th, Hillary Clinton's accountant for her offshore companies, including Obama's offshore companies in Panama and specifically in the Bahamas, has been indicted. It's all over there on the Department of Justice where it clearly states client one. And that client one, that one company, guess who owns it? Exactly. You guessed it. Killary herself. So let's keep going. So we have Politico saying that it's somehow linked to Mueller. So they say four days later, the D.C. District Court judges, after they contested um, but burst the speculative bubble with a decision that halfway revealed the identity of the party litigating against the government, not Trump, but an unnamed corporation. So they were like, oh, it has to be Donald Trump. He's going to court. No, the corporation. Who is the corporation and what is that other country? Come on, guys. And like I told Politico in the tweet, man, just ask your boy Brennan. I've talked about this. I've got my head on a swivel, though, for talking about it. And the thing is, people aren't really paying attention to what is actually out there to literally connect the dots. Our DOJ said, no, you are sealing this case. Same case is then heard, you know, in like cloak and dagger, people are dismissed, checking staircases because it's coming. And then the accountants get arrested for doing what? The accountant did what? I've told you, Panama Papers. The accountant did what? That accountant was the one managing all the books for these BS shell corporations funneling money. You know, the question is, how do you wash money back to give yourself $3 million? And that's just one of the transactions. See, that's the thing. If you're going to send yourself $3 million at one point, you better know that you've sent yourself a couple hundred thousand throughout the years. And all this stuff is available, but none of these journalists actually do any journalism. All they do is report. They open up their, you know, boxes in the morning at 3 a.m. They all look, what's the talking points? This is what we're talking about. This is the way it was routine. I mean, the NDAA pretty much outlines it. You get your talking points, you get it done, and you put it out there. So the question for me is, who's still giving them talking points? Are they convening on their own over drinks with people of the cabal and deciding? Because we know President Donald J. Trump stopped that. He stopped the leaks. He brought in the best plumbers. <clears throat> best plumbers. So who's giving them the information? Who's giving them the wording you know, the consistency that we see across all of these networks with key words and talking points. I'm shocked. Well, I'm shocked that they're so in your face about it. They literally have no shame. 
This article should kill Politico as a news source forever, ever, and ever. It's a complete, it's not good. And I hope all of you that are listening understand that. Here's what they go on to say. So they revealed the identity of the party litigating against the government, not Trump, but an unnamed corporation, the corporation, owned by an unnamed foreign state, country A. Although the case is still plenty mysterious, what foreign state, what records of transactions, why the hard-fought litigation? The evident fact that Trump was not directly involved in the litigation seemingly drained further proceedings of direct suspense. Mueller watchers headed off uh, for the holidays. And then last week on Sunday before Christmas, Chief Justice John Roberts personally intervened in the matter. Remember how I said that he had no business accepting the case? It's kind of like me. I've been pressing criminal charges. I've been trying to push criminal charges upon two elected officials in my state and have been unsuccessful. I went through the proper channels. I went to the prosecutor in my district court. I tried to see if I can get a hearing with the federal court. And all of them turned me away because there was no authority to actually prosecute the people that I wanted. Even the FBI had no authority. So, you know, I went to the U.S. attorney. I mean, you go up the chain of command, right? And then when the U.S. attorney didn't, you know, do it, then Jeff Sessions came and fired him very well. So, and so, um, then what did I do? The next thing I could do is just take it to, to DC and take it to my department of justice, take it to Jeff Sessions directly, take it to Horowitz directly, send it to Huber, send it to anybody and their mother, including the president, because I've exhausted the chain of command, right? That's the way it is, especially when you are filing criminal charges against elected officials that are supposedly your law enforcement. So after you exhaust the avenues available to you, that's when you go to the top dog, right? I explained that. So this company, for some reason, had some form of authority to skip appeals, skip the process and go straight to the chief justice of the Supreme Court. I think we need to circle back to previous shows where I've told you what role Chief Justice Roberts plays, where I've told you the history of Chief Justice Roberts, because he is key here. He is the judge that if I were Obama, I'd go to in order to delay the inauguration. If I were Obama, I'd go to that judge to evaluate the information that I have in regards to framing or creating the narrative that President-elect Donald J. Trump colluded with foreign governments in order to win the elections and undermine our democracy. If I were Obama, that's the judge I'd go to. Because if I were Obama, that would mean I would be president, and I could go straight to that judge. So in that essence, they assumed that it would be Donald J. Trump, because the only person that would have access to the chief justice, right, would be the president. Well, see, now that they've realized, and I told you weeks ago, that it's not Donald J. Trump, 
You can only draw your own conclusions as to who are your top three of who sent it to the chief justice of the Supreme Court, whom he accepted to see, right? He accepted it without it going through the proper forms of chain of command. Because I got a letter from the Department of Justice saying, hey, did you go here, here, here first? Can we have proof of that? When I sent my criminal complaint. And I showed them various trails from 2015 where I attempted to get the attention even of the State Department. You know, obviously paper trail is the best way to go, right? You leave paper trail. So I had some paper trail and I provided it to them. I answered that because they can't take a hold of something just like the Supreme, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court can't just take a hold of something if there's no proof that you went through the proper channels. And here, you don't need any proof. You just know they went from that to that. And it's like, wait a minute, did you appeal it this way? Did you request, you know, to be heard? Oh, was that too long for you? That's the problem. So it's definitive. So you need to answer. So you're done. The Supreme, uh, the Chief Justice has no business accepting your appeal. I mean, if that were the case, then since my local courts didn't, I should just skip everybody and go straight to him too. Can I send Chief Justice Roberts a letter? No, I can't because that's not the process. So Politico pointed it out, and they clearly stated, if you think it's um, odd, then you're right because well, what did they say? Um... That's right. The Chief Justice of the United States himself issued an order on Sunday in this case. If you think that's highly unusual, you're right. And the action he took was equally unusual, at least for the moment, calling into question the unanimous decision of the courts below. The Chief Justice blocked the district court's order requiring the foreign corporation to comply with the grand jury subpoena until the government's lawyers could respond to the corporation's briefings. So who do you believe has the audacity, the shamelessness to contact the chief justice of the Supreme Court and tell them you better do something and stall? Stall because we need to get people in the house. We need to start this new narrative. We're going to push it out. You need to stall, stall, stall because if they get this, we're all going to jail. And that would include himself too. Because he has no right to one, accept such a complaint or request, and two, to even rule or provide an order on it. Like, how does that even happen? But if I were Obama, you know, I would definitely had got, I would have definitely gotten in touch with Chief Justice Roberts. And if I was Hillary Clinton and the, you know, the rest of the cabal that had direct access to Chief Justice Roberts, I would totally call him too. And like I said before, and I'm pretty sure because as I've showed you, our president does things. And while we think that he's not doing anything, there is a lot going on. So if Tory's talking about it, you know it has been done and it's done and over with. We already have his emails. We already have his contacts, all his assistants, all his communications, everything. We may complain that you deleted emails, you deleted text messages, DOJ, but do you think we don't have them?
do you think you wiped them clean enough that there wasn't one person in there that would say this is wrong? Does Mueller really think that out of the 400 somewhat people that are working on his team, that not one of them is the eyes and ears for patriots? This is how dumb they are. This is how shameless they are. And this is how they think they are in power. They believe they know best. They believe they are untouchable. But lo and behold, they are not. And in if 2018 is indicative of what's to come in 2019, boy, are we in for a ride. Collapse global economies overturn in government. We've seen resignations that have been flying under the radar like nobody's business. From big companies to little companies to charities to churches to many things. And it's all because we've been trained not to pay attention. Kind of like how we didn't pay attention that he's already gotten the report from the Commission on Election Integrity. About a year and a month ago. But you know, the senators that are on our side, on the people's side, the congressmen that are on the people's side, the executives at the office of the president that are on the people's side, the actual pundits, citizen journalists that are on the people's side, would tell you he's already got what he needs. We have, uh, and you have everything you need to be able to see, to be able to see what is going on and how it's going on. You don't need them to tell you. You don't need them to direct you. You can see everything because you have access to it. They're so ridiculous that they reduce, I mean, think about it. Aren't you insulted? I'm insulted. I'm insulted that they think that I'm that dumb. I'm insulted that they think they can get away with this. I am very insulted. And I'm surprised not a lot of people are. They accept it. They believe it. They think it. They breathe it. They, anything that, that's fed to them, they accept kind of like Politico, drawing conclusions. But obviously the one point of the report that was correct, and I applaud them for at least doing that, was that this shouldn't be happening, that it's wrong, that this isn't what the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court should be doing. The Chief Justice should not, absolutely not, picking up or commenting on a case where unanimously a three-panel judge said no. Who has the audacity and the direct connection? That's the question. Who's the one that is able to have that direct communication with that judge? Who is the one that is able to communicate with the judge directly? That's the question you should be asking yourself. Who has that access? Because once you figure out who has that access, you can figure out exactly where I'm going with this.
like I've said. The unsealed orders are out there from late spring. Our president's legal team, his Department of Justice said, no, we are not unsealing anything about the Hillary Clinton case. And it's not just Hillary Clinton. She's just a point person. She was the designated queen because the Lion King was going out. You know what's going to be really funny? When the passport Hussein Obama used to travel to Pakistan comes to fruition and we figure out what his real name was and how this happened. But you know, you know how we can figure that out? Find out when Valerie Jarrett and him started living together. That's all you need to find out. And then after that, you can peel it back. On that note, I wanted to say my last show, I talked about how reporters and journalists that touch the Panama Papers, that report on the Panama Papers, turn up dead. They turned up, they turn up dead from being brutally raped and, you know, hacked, or they die of some crazy illness. We've seen it all over Europe. It's pretty incredible how we're seeing all these deaths. And deaths, I will tell you about some deaths and some arrests, that you've probably not even realized are connected to what's really going on. The people that have money, the banks, are freaking out. And it only just happened a couple weeks ago, but I think it's time, since we're doing a recap of 2018, to bring this to your attention. How people who set up systems, computer systems, for banks and possibly the Clintons and possibly Obama, who has his own server, by the way, one person was shot outside his home and his family found slain in the house while his brother, his house was on fire. And apparently at the same time, same day, this fire happened in his house. His brother was shot. His brother's family was slain. And this guy supposedly on the same day, they got a warrant for his arrest because the big brother was supposedly the one that set the fire and did this. <clears throat> Pretty incredible. How, what if I set fire to my house like right now? How did the police know that I was going to set the fire in my house and get a warrant for my arrest before it even happened? This is stuff people need to pay attention to. Because when you see these two individuals and what link they have, it will blow your mind because it's coming down to the crunch. They want Trump's team to discuss with country A if they can actually send this information out. Okay, we'll play your game, Chief Justice Roberts, just as soon as we figure out how to remove you from where you are. Because we have your emails, we have your texts, we have your phone calls, we have everything from your assistants to every single person. Because if you can get FISA warrants, you better as know that we can because we have evidence of your collusion to undermine our democracy. Evidence of your perversion of our justice system. Remember, the NSA upstreams, catches all upstreams and holds on to them for 72 hours. Remember, there was a breach in that, right? Remember where Judge Collier told them off? Told them off for having a breach and they said it was human error and algorithms? Well, we'll talk about all that 
so we can recap. I can't believe another half hour went already uh, just after this break. I will see you guys soon. going on with my technology let's just cross our fingers here so on um, the first half I kind of it kind of went away really quick um, but I was trying to demonstrate to you that everything that will be happening in 2019 has already had this prelude we've had this prelude in 2018 and I'm just helping you see it I'm helping you see the panic all of us can see it all of us. You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, uh, Brennan, Clinton, Obama, Podesta, they're not all tweeting. Well, you can't really, you know, rely on that because, you know, they have people that do it for them. But I'm going to tell you a story, a story that comes from New Jersey, and I'll give you a bit of information that a lot of people haven't talked about. I've been working on this story for weeks now on how I can bring it to the forefront and if it's time. But before I do that, I want to remind everyone that in the early summer of this year, I paid a lot of focus into one specific group of individuals that President Obama had on his team. And that's called the PIAB, the Presidential Intelligence Advisory Board. That is one of the most important, I would say, groups that a president can create. Uh, please feel free, if you have time, to go and look at the people that President Obama had on his intelligence advisory board, which are supposed to be independent persons to provide him independent advice, you know, like the outsider, kind of like him asking me or you for advice. But here's where it gets really cool. So in November of this year, so two years down the line, right, because I mentioned where is President Trump's, you know, FIAB? Where is his Foreign Intelligence Advisory Board? I said that in the spring and in the summer of 2018. But, you know, I'm just me. I'm not CNN. So no one's really going to pay attention. Well, November, there was an announcement. You know, and when, when the president announces these things, you know that the D.C. mafia already has their names. So I'll just um, tell you about this board. First of all, it, it was initially created uh, with Eisenhower, which which I did not like as a president because he did a lot of things against the people, and that's my opinion. I don't want to impose that on you if you like him as president, but he did a lot of things that have created the foundations for where we are today that our president right now is trying to undo. So the board 
that he created has uh, different people from different walks of life. And he, he had created just a few, like he added a couple people. But here's where his new appointees are. He has the Oracle CEO, Katz, uh, former Senator Saxby Chambliss of Georgia, former White House economic advisor Jeremy Katz from Illinois, Goldman Sachs managing director and University of Virginia agent law professor, James Donovan, who's former CIA and FBI counterterrorism, Kevin Hulbert, and then here's where it gets curious. A New Jersey resident by the name of David Robertson. Nothing else. The mainstream media hasn't reported anything about David Robertson. Nobody's talked about David Robertson at all. No one's talking about him. He's just referred to as resident from New Jersey. You know, the place where all New Yorkers go to shop because they don't want to pay taxes. That's why we have New Jersey. No sales tax. That's where we go shopping. So let me tell you about Robertson's associates or connections. It'll totally blow your mind. So there was a Spanish immigrant from Spain, literally, a guy named Cesar Canero, or Canero, if you want to pronounce it correctly. He came over from Spain as an immigrant and gave birth to two sons, Keith and Paul. It would be um, Keith Martin Cañero and Paul J. Cañero. Keith Cañero and Paul Cañero. So Keith was very good with computers. You know, back during uh, the Internet bubbles, uh, that we had, you know, <laughs> that bust in the late 90s <clears throat> and early 2000s. He was very good at networking. He did a lot of projects. You know, with uh, everything going online and even banks, media companies, and almost everyone and their mother, you know, gearing up to go online, they needed people that were good at creating computer networks, uh, you know, networking, installing, you know, the bare bones. And remember, every single company that's around today that was around in the late 90s and early 1000s, the infrastructure may have evolved more, I would say, streamlined uh, machinery, better uh, processors, faster uh, you know, processing times, um, more servers, remote servers, imaging servers, but the foundations remain the same in regards to the networking out, you know, the way it's laid out, right? It's kind of like a house. Um, you could tear it down and rebuild it, but usually you maintain the same original foundation. I mean, it's in very rare circumstances, and it would be very expensive if you ripped out the actual foundations and the rods, you know, and everything, right? Same thing goes for computer networks. They're expanded on and revamped, but the foundation would be way too expensive. You'd have to take your bank 
or your company or your network offline for a very long period of time, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm just switching over. That doesn't happen. This is why, you know, they were talking about the Y2K bug or some BS like that, um, which never happened. Uh, But they were referring to the fact that, you know, the infrastructures may not be able to register with new millennia. Um, But I'm just giving you that to understand where I'm getting with this. So Keith was extraordinary. And he actually started working as a, you know, project manager for Citibank. Oh, we hear about Citibank all the time, don't we? Didn't didn't we just hear about them meeting um, with N- with Nguyen, uh just on the twenty third of December? Just saying. So he worked with a lot of big clients. Uh, he created networks for many big banks, including Citibank, laid the foundations, and just recently on uh, November twenty first. He was found shot dead outside of his house, his mansion, right? And his wife and two children were also found slaughtered dead in the house. And the home was on fire too. In the meantime, Paul J. Cañero his brother, his older brother that he had hired to work with him was also, um, his house was also on fire that morning. And surprisingly, on that same day, that insane Tuesday for this family, he was arrested for arson. (laughs) And here's where the kicker is. This man, who had uh, no attorney, none, was appointed an attorney. An attorney that people in New Jersey know to be very corrupt. Someone who is a fixer. Someone who makes things go away. Someone we saw on CNN and we've seen on CNN before by the name of Honecker, H-O-N-E-C-K-E-R. So the judge appointed this attorney, which is crazy. Because if you look at the warrant for his arrest, it was issued that day while his house was on fire And his brother was shot dead outside their house and his family killed inside the house and then set on fire, right? Because first Paul's house was on fire. Then they discovered the fire at his brother's house. So there was a warrant out for Paul's arrest for setting fire to his own house. And then what? His brother's? No, they're just talking about his house, Paul's house. So it just so happened that both of these brothers' houses were on fire The young uh, Keith, who was the head of the company, who had hired his brother Paul to work with him, is arrested and assigned an attorney that we would all be like, it's kind of like the Avenatti of the deep state, but not for like BS claims like Avenatti. He's not an ambulance chaser. He's a guy that if you see step in, whoa, 
links to like Clinton, links to like, I'm not going to name the names because some of them are Republicans. And someone would say, well, why not call them out? And it's like, it's not time yet. But let's just say you could do your homework and you could figure it out too. But it's not my time. What I am trying to tell you is these two people were killed and slaughtered once the announcement, well, before the announcement, right before the announcement of this intelligence advisory board. You know, how Paul became, uh, had this guy as his defense attorney, Honecker, nobody knows. He was appointed literally by the judge, who, if you look at the judge, is also considered one of the most corrupt judges New Jersey has. See, like I said, New Jersey is a place people go shopping from New York uh, when they don't want to pay taxes. New Jersey, hmm, I'll just leave it at that. But it's really important that people understand how this is all working out. So President Trump just hired this guy that nobody knows about who's linked to uh, the Cañeros that were murdered. And how is he linked? Well, you know, I told you, one was called Keith Martin Cañero, and the other one is Paul J. Cañero of um, J. and Martin Consulting in Brooklyn, which is supposedly owned by their deceased father, Cesar Cañero. And Cesar Cañero is on the books, one of the spooks. So let's just think about this way. If you create an infrastructure for big banks almost about 20 years ago, and big, big guys like the Clintons or the Obama for America Foundation or the DNC, you know, you install the infrastructure for their servers, their emails, and other big organizations that may be foreign owned. But with subsidiaries, you know, maybe they're owned by country A, but operate in our country. And then you have one of them as your intelligence advisors, foreign intelligence advisors. 2019 will be one of the biggest rides we've seen. I am so excited. If this doesn't tell you enough, hmm. The thing is, where is the case of the Cañeros? Where are they right now? I mean, we saw Honecker come on CNN saying, oh, my client is innocent and we'll prove this. And it's kind of like, huh. His brother hired him. His brother hired Paul to help him. That's how it went. They had companies like, um, you know, uh, Square One, uh, they had, um, you know, they had tons of companies. They had like a pest management company, pest control, consulting, um, you know, the consulting Jane Martin. Um, Keith was also um, licensed as a real estate agent. 
Um, he was, he'd also sell properties. I mean, I, I guess because he was registered with, um, a realty company and he had an active license according to, uh, the department of banking and insurance. This guy was smart. He wasn't dumb. You know, uh, Keith Cañero actually went to Columbia and then, uh, he got, uh, some business degree, um, he, he wasn't, he was liked by many people. And remember, like I said, these two brothers, um, are also connected. They're connected with many businesses. Another one is Acropolis Holding Corp, which, um, is a parent company to another company. You know, this is how, uh, people that don't want to be found work. They have one parent company that's like random or three of them that have all these subsidiary companies that are linked to this parent company. And then, you know, you have the same people going by the name of Paul Cañero or Paul J or Keith Cañero or Keith Martin, you know, um, operating them. And they're the same people. And this is a trend you'll see in, you know, like the Panama Papers where we have things like Clinton Holdings, Clinton Corporation, uh, Clinton Investments Corporation's Holdings. Yeah, there's a lot of those. So these people, the Keith was taken out. Not only was he taken out, but his family was taken out and his house was set on fire. And his brother Paul, his house was set on fire, and before it could really catch fire, there was always already an application for a warrant of his arrest. I mean, if that doesn't say anything, it's like, do they have psychics at the DA's office where they know someone's going to light a fire? I mean, the warrant's there. They arrested him on Wednesday the next day. But they had applied for it in the morning, in the early morning when the fire was being set. So I'm asking, like, before the fire department even got there and said, it's arson. He used gasoline. How did they get a warrant out and applied for it before anyone reached the scene? Like, the timing is crazy. And you know, all this stuff gets underreported, never reported. I mean, CNN had his lawyer up there. Not one of them said, well, you know, it's really funny. The fire at Paul's house happened in the morning. And at the time that the fire was supposedly being set, you guys were getting warned. How would you know he was going to use gas and light his house up? No one asked that question. Maybe they do have psychics. Or maybe it was a frame hit job. Because I'm going to go with the frame hit job rather than I have a psychic that knows when someone's going to set fire to a house. But we won't talk about his brother that was murdered along with his children and his wife and his house was set on fire. Seems like there's a lot of fire going. Who else had a fire? I think it was, yeah, wasn't it Hillary Clinton's house that had caught fire? It's pretty incredible. That things like this aren't reported to the people. How come no one's trying to find out what happened to Keith? How was he murdered along with his children and his wife and his house set on fire and no one is talking about it? No one. 
And it just so happened, you know, that his brother, his house was on fire. And before the fire was set, or at the time of the fire being set, the DA was already at a judge's office asking for a warrant for his arrest for setting his house on fire with gasoline. Like, what if he didn't use gasoline? What if he used twigs or some other accelerant? But it was very specific, use gasoline. And lo and behold, 48 hours later, after the fire department decided to do, you know, could actually review and see what started the fire, they were like, yeah, it was gasoline. Well, how did they know? Did he send them a letter? Hey, by the way, at this time, I'm going to be torching my house with gasoline. No, he didn't. Do they have a psychic? Probably not. The most probable, again, I say, is something they manufactured. I mean, why would the judge appoint a guy like Honecker? That's a question people need to ask. What happened to Keith? How about his family? How about his children? The children, guys, the children and the wife were killed and set on fire. Why is no one talking about that? This happened, you know, eight weeks ago, but I think it's time we talk about it because we're going to be revisiting this in 2019. Where are all my, my actual journalists at to talk about it? I had to do a lot of homework to figure out how this is linked. And to find out, resident Robertson is now on Trump's team. It makes me feel real good. Because not only have I said this before, and I'm going to say it again, it's not about being found out that you're guilty. It's finding out your methods. And we know how our banking institutions operate. And we know that if we know how their infrastructure functions and how they change exchange money, how they work on deals, how they funnel and fund terrorism, because remember, what was it? Isn't it Citibank that just took on the biggest government accounts under Obama? Just saying. You know, people talk about the high turnover within the White House, and I think that's imperative. Because all of these people play together. There are a lot of people that are like, well, Donald Trump rubbed elbows with them. He did this. And it's like, yeah. But look at every single person that has rubbed elbows together, from the Clintons down to the senators, down to the Congress, down, down to celebrities. You know what the difference is? And I said this before. I've been saying it for years. And I said it in 2015 when he announced to run. I would put my vote for that man because you can tell a man's accomplishments and how in, what integrity he has as a person from his children. When did you ever see Ivanka Trump smoking weed or twerking with people or in some scandal or Eric or Don Jr. or even Tiffany or Barron? None. His family is outstanding. And that shows you what kind of man we have in office. Because when I meet someone and they're like, you know, telling me about themselves and great and this, and then they're like, oh, my child has this problem. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's going to sound really, really mean, but that's your fault. 
And your child is a reflection of your job as a parent and how well you did it. I know a lot of people are like, no, you didn't say that because my kid this. Unfortunately, it's a hard truth. If my kids get in trouble, I take full responsibility because it is my job to make sure that they are good citizens, that they understand things, and that they learn what's right and what's wrong. That's my job, not the school's job, not the social worker's job, not the doctor's, your grandma's, nobody's job. It's yours. So when someone tells me that they're having a problem with their child and their behavior, you know, it's always down to the parent. Maybe you weren't present. Like there's many, many times that I kick myself and I sit down with my girls and I'm like, guys, I've been so busy. I'm so sorry. I have neglected you. Let's do an activity together. Let's talk. I apologize because like many parents, you know, we forget sometimes. And yeah, one of my children is now an adult and actually part of the armed forces. The other one is still a young tweenie. She's actually just turned to be a teenager. So, you know, I neglect her sometimes. I'm doing 50 million things at once. But it's our job to make sure we fix that. And that is how you know what kind of man you have in the White House. Look at his kids. And then look at all the other kids from the previous presidents. Let's just... And all those senators that have big mouths. That's where you look. And I know a lot of people make excuses. Well, I was busy. I needed to work. I need this. Yes, they're excuses because I've been there. But the bottom line is, State Talk it's Radio your is fault. Now available as a voice. And my technology is not being my friend, definitely. So we're just going to let that go. And we won't have a break. And we'll just continue on with no break because technology doesn't want to be my friend. So that's where I was going with this is that you just need to focus on who the president is and who he's pulling with him. And his uh, identity as a person is very well reflected in his family. His family can tell you exactly what kind of man he is. His family is the picture of that. Now let's... um. Keep that in mind for a second while I move on to the final segment of this show, which is great. We don't have any breaks, so it'll be like a full 30 minutes. That's pretty awesome. Where we can talk about what to expect starting tomorrow. And I'll be here. (coughs) I'll be here on New Year's Day, 12 to 2 Eastern time, because I'm expecting a lot of things to happen. So let's just start with our president's amazing tweets today. So that way we get an indication of what's to come tomorrow. Because like I said, very transparent president. All you have to do is look at his executive orders, read his tweets, listen to him when he speaks, and you will be able to understand what's happening. So six hours ago, he said, an all-concrete wall was never abandoned as has been reported by the media. Some areas will be all concrete, but the experts at Border Patrol prefer a wall that is see-through, thereby making it possible to see what's happening on both sides. Makes sense to me. And also, just uh, going down to it, you know those pokey steel fences, uh, you know, with the little pokey things where they could see through that picture he tweeted? 
That's a pretty good idea because you know how far down they go? Pretty difficult to build tunnels too. So his next tweet right after that was, if anybody but Donald Trump did what I did in Syria, which was an ISIS-loaded mess when I became president, they would be a national hero. ISIS is mostly gone. We're slowly sending our troops back home to be with their families, while at the same time fighting ISIS remnants. I campaigned on getting out of Syria and other places. Now when I start getting uh, out the fake news media or some failed generals who were unable to do the job before I arrived like to complain about me and my tactics, which are working, just doing what I said I was going to do. Okay, so... Talking about border security, they're trying to say, oh, he's not doing a wall. He's abandoned it. Because, you know, unfortunately, we're starting to see that his own camp is filled with people that are not really in his camp. Kind of like I've said it before, and people may trash me for it for saying it live on air, but Mark Levin is a, you know, Ted Cruz bootlicker. He even banned me from his Facebook when I called him out when he started to trash President Trump during the uh, primaries. And he's a never-Trumper in disguise. You could say maybe he learned his lesson and went forward, but if he couldn't see the value in President Donald J. Trump, then there's no way he sees it now. He's just along for the ride. I mean, he still has to make money, right? So talking about Syria, first of all, it's uh, notable to mention, and we'll be talking about this in 2019, uh, I think maybe our first week uh, of January, maybe the second or the third, I'll talk about it. Just so you guys know, there was a there was an execution of a very high officer in the Middle East that was very underreported. Well, we'll talk about that later. Now, Syria. The problem with ISIS was not the fact that they existed. They're not so huge in numbers. What were they? Like actual militants? Can we say maybe 100,000? And that's pushing it, right? Probably less. The thing that they had was access to weapons. In order to have access to weapons, you have to have money. It's now already been determined that the Obama administration was funding them. Funding them. And what they called them as rebels back then, didn't they? Or, um, you know, that they were rebelling against a very bad government and they needed funding. Or how we sent our own troops to train them. You know, stuff like that. So it was very easy to destroy ISIS for President Trump because the first thing he did was cut the gravy train, no more money. And with no more money, they became desperate, harassing the very governments that were funding them in the first place, like Iran, Iraq, Qatar, Turkey, the European Union, the United States. So we cut the gravy train, and if they have no money, they run out of weapons. They can't buy weapons, so they're stuck. And what happens? They get destroyed. That's basically what happens. That's what happened. And for generals that are talking and saying, you know, how it's bad to get out, it's because they were making money off of this gravy train. They were in on it in the first place. They believe that it's the right thing to do to collapse Syria and go ahead with this pipeline to help the European 
Union succeed. The European Union, whose council resides in Luxembourg, but has an annual meeting in Astana, Kazakhstan, that European Council. That European Council that runs the European Community and the EU Commission that that funds all of these pipelines, you know, backed by the World Bank and the European Bank and obviously the IMF that drops the loans for the World Bank to fund these things now that the United States is no longer paying anything. That one. So he continues to say, except the results that I have are far better than I ever said were going to be. I campaigned against the never-ending wars, remember? Yes, he did. Why are we at war? Why are we at all these bases around the world? Who needs us there all the time? I don't understand. That is something he kept saying. That is something he kept campaigning for. He was on it. He stated it. He said it. And he was right. He said, I campaigned on border security, which you cannot have without a strong and powerful wall. Because walls, since forever, ever, ever, have worked. I mean, every great city, nation, state in the past, from BC times, had a big beautiful wall. China had such a big beautiful wall that you could see it from space. But walls don't work, right? So we need a powerful wall. And he says, our southern border has long been an open wound, in air quotes, where drugs, criminals, including human traffickers, he says in parentheses, and illegals would pour into our country. Dems should get back here and fix it now. Open wound. Yes, it is. That is where anyone could come in. That is where you would bring 10 kids with you and say they were yours and they'd let you in and you would sell them. And you know, when you're desperate and you're coming from another country or you're just simply a coyote, $20,000 looks like a lot of money and it's not. But that's how much an average kid goes for. I mean, you can ask all the people in Texas and Arizona that have house slaves that they purchased when they were 11, 12 years old. There's tons of cases like that online. You could just go see. But, you know, the mainstream media is not going to report that. Won't report how they're bringing in these children to be raped and become slaves. But we won't report that because, you know, what we see from the Navixum case is now the defense is it was all because of religion. Right. That's what she said. Our little, you know, wannabe star, Allison, is now using the defense that, oh, well, it's my religion. Scientology says that we can have sex slaves and we should induct them at a young age. Wait, what? The religion card. I think I talked about that with the executive orders. Right. The whole religion thing. and The whole marriage and religion thing where you can have an excuse to rape a child. Let's just circle back to that because now she's using the religion defense. So this open wound helps this, you know, this market of selling kids, the stories that would make your stomach just turn. And you know, when they can't get kids from the borders, you know what you see in the past two years since Donald J. Trump has become president, they take the kids from our native American reservations. They take them. 
our women, our children, that, you know, the tribal lands have no access to the federal government databases. They are treated as their backup. You know how, um, for me, I'm a smoker, so I am super addictive to nicotine. You do not want to be around me if it's been more than, you know, 12 hours. Like, I'm not like a super smoker, but I'll smoke. And so I always have a reserve packet, you know, if, you know, something happens and I don't have any, it's stashed away, you know, reserved. This is what our Native American reserves are to these pedophiles and pedovores and child traffickers, their reserve. And the thing is, it's so underreported. Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, where we have tons of reservations, Native American reservations, where women and children are disappearing. And the only thing that they're told, it's kind of like when the Amish run away, oh, they just ran away. Really, did they, though? Why would they run away? Well, they, you know, that happens. And then, you know, the other day, a body of a child uh, was found in the Cheyenne River. That child that, ooh, I don't know, maybe because the other person kind of left and they were injured. I don't know. Really? Now they're getting rid of evidence. President Donald J. Trump knows exactly what he's doing. And, you know, sometimes if you put pressure on, you know, the gravy train for someone, they tap into the reserves and you could see where it's coming from. This is all reality. People don't like to talk about it. But, you know, sex, slaves, child slaves for sex or slaves in general are needed. The Democrats go nuts when you want to take away their slaves. Look what they did to Lincoln. He was taking away their slaves like they were crying Go to the Library of Congress. It even says it in the paper where they're discussing and saying how how dare he want to take away our slaves. So, you know, they became smarter. You know, later in the late 1800s, they became smarter. What did they do? They brought in people from Europe on boats, women and children, that landed in Boston and New York and disappeared. There were their new slaves, those handmaids. The Democrats brought them in. You know, they just couldn't do without slaves. And then when that gravy train was going, because people were evolving, because human beings evolve as individuals, right? We evolve. We learn. We become more in tune, and we come back to the basics. And the basics of being human is being what? Compassionate and kind. We are not evil by nature. We are not. Every distraction you see out there tries to convince you that we are, but we're not. We're the people that tear up when we see an old man dropping something and a little child running to help him. Because we are kind. We are innately filled with love and kindness. And so these distractions are telling you different. The Democrats are telling you different. They're trying to tell you that we're not like that, but we are. And so as we evolve, they had to evolve and change their strategies. So now that the black population of America suddenly is uh, having a little bit more freedom in the early 1900s, we create a way to take their children anyway, and we create Planned Parenthood because, you know, they culturally have a lot more sex, supposedly, right? And Or whatever, you know, they're like, they're not as um, astute to have relationships, get married before they have sex. They don't do the whole courting thing. So we'll have a bunch of aborted babies to deal with. 
you know, and then they evolve it into the thing of immigration, you know, slowly bringing in the immigrants, bringing them in slowly. And, you know, they were losing the plot. So they had to revamp. So they did. They created the Federal Reserve. We can enslave people differently now. We don't have to do it by color. We could just enslave all the idiots that will let us do it. Federal Reserve, Social Security. What? Take care of your parents. No, don't worry about it. The government will look after that. There we go. We broke up families. That's how they continued and continued. But unfortunately for them, as we evolved as humans, no matter how many drugs they threw at us, no matter how much violence they showered us with, no matter how much crazy stuff they put in our mind, you know, how, you know, a man in the 40s looks so hot and today you can't tell the difference if he's a girl or a guy. They did all that, but still people were just too kind. So they used the kindness against us and decided, well, here's how we're going to get our slaves now. We're just going to let them run in from the border and destroy the social construct that we have and have people look like they're evil because they want to shoot them out and say, nope, you can't come in. This is our home. You need to come in properly. You know, if you're socially evolved, you'll find that incredibly wrong. So they're using our vulnerabilities and our kindness against us to complete their agenda because everything else failed. This is how it's going. And they're using epigenetics too. You know, there was an article, um, I've been following politics. Obviously, I follow politics, right? <laughs> but I follow global politics because, like I said, if you stand on the moon and look down, you'll see everything is working together. Everything is happening together at different levels, but all moving together. All you have to do is, what is it? Who is that clown that has that HBO show, uh, News of Last Week or whatever? He's such a clown. I detest him because he talks and talks and talks and makes absolutely no sense but he's kind of funny sometimes even when he's wrong so he was mocking italy on bringing in this um trump version of a prime minister do you know what his first action was his first action was to analyze and at an independent laboratory what's included in vaccines and this laboratory pretty much found that there's fetal tissue, found that there's HIV viruses in there, found. And this is, this is just them analyzing the uh, fourth jab of the MMR group, you know, that they provide. It's pretty incredible if you read it. The laboratory is, um, hold on, what is it called? It's called the Covella, if I'm not mistaken. Let me find it for you. So that way you could do a little bit of light reading on that because it's, it's pretty incredible what they put into uh, vaccinations that we give our, ch our children. These vaccinations have, it's, it's Cavella, I believe, um, dot ET. I can't find it right now because obviously technical, it's always technical difficulties when I'm talking about the Supreme Court justice. And you, <laughs> I really wish I could actually operate um, with my VPN when I'm doing my show and I can. So this is just such a coincidence, isn't it, guys? So anyway, what I was saying is that they've they've been very thrifty on using our weaknesses and our kindness 
to complete what they want. I mean, you're taking away their slaves now. <laughs> You've like cut their their slaves again. These Democrats are going insane. So anyway, moving on, the president continued to say, you know, that the Democrats should get back right now. It's the last day of the year. You have time to come back and give that one vote so that he can put it through. He said, I'm the only person in America who could say that I'm bringing our great troops back home with victory and get bad press. It's fake news and pundits who have failed for years that are doing the complaining. If I stay in endless wars forever, they would still be unhappy. So, you know, Obama created wars, perpetuated wars, right? Remember, we even bombed some hospital and well, I'm... We'll talk about that another time because that's going to come in 2019, you know, war crimes. But anyway, he continues to, to, to put out there how the Democrats need to come back and fix it and how he's pulling out of trying to stop wars and people are attacking him. And he clearly reinforces three hours ago, I'm in the Oval Office. Democrats come back from vacation now and give us the votes necessary for border security, including the wall. You voted yes in 2006 and 2013. One more yes, but with me in office, I'll get it built and fast. Again, on that, he said it's incredible how Democrats can use their ridiculous soundbite and say that a wall doesn't work. It does. And properly built almost 100%. They say it's old technology, but so is the wheel. They now say it's immoral, but it's far more immoral for people to be dying. So, like I said, circling back, right, the wall has been effective for thousands upon thousands of years. I mean, the first defense that a nation would have, because nations back then were the sizes of cities, right, would be walls. So what are we going to use, drones? Are we going to be shooting people out of the sky? What are we going to be doing? What's their alternative, a holograph of a wall where someone can hack into it and open up? You know, doors, like, how is that possible? Like, what they're saying doesn't make sense. And again, are you not insulted that they think that you're that stupid? And to all my leftists that listen to then troll me, tell me, aren't you insulted that they think that you're that stupid? They're trying to reinvent the wall. How are you going to reinvent the wall? What are you going to do instead? How do you block people from bum-rushing your country? You can't if you don't have a wall. What are you going to do? Electrocute them? Shoot them out of the sky? We don't want to kill them. We just want to keep them out. Said it again and again and again. And he said, they keep saying it's immoral. How is it immoral to build a wall? See what I said? They use our evolution as beings, as people of members of society, right? Because what used to be acceptable 300 years ago in society is not acceptable today, right? It used to be acceptable that you cheat on your wife. It's not acceptable today. It used to be acceptable uh, that you smack your wife or put her in her place. Not acceptable today. It was acceptable to have slaves and treat them like slaves, right? Uh, you know, now we call them help because they are. That's what they are. There were people that had slaves on plantations but didn't treat them as slaves. You know, that's something people don't want to talk about. You know, they all had homes and they were working. Obviously, they weren't able to leave, you know, 
the plantation, I guess. But, you know, that's help, right? Not slaves. Hmm. I'm just trying to give you antithesis here so that way you can figure out what is being done and what is being said. Twenty nineteen, we're gonna be talking border security, war crimes, the law of war, children, because as you can see, our president is exiting this year with very important points. No more endless wars and no more lack of border security. No more. And those are key things to exit the year with. Who would be responsible for our lack in border security before President Trump? We even had, was it a senator or a congresswoman that went to Mexico and took illegal immigrants over the border and said that she put them through the immigration process? Do you remember that? Is that even allowed where you have an elected representative of your country literally violating the law. See how they play on our vulnerabilities? Because the more attuned you are with your kindness and the ability to understand that, in essence, we are responsible for our neighbors, meaning we are only as strong as the weakest link. And in a community, the weakest link link is also your responsibility, circling back to how your children are your responsibility. Not saying that, you know, my neighbor, the grumpy one on one side and the really quiet one on the other side are my responsibility. But as a neighbor, as a member of this community, it is my responsibility to ensure they're safe. It is, it is a responsibility if I see them and it's made aware to me uh, to be able to aid them So this responsibility is what they play on. Our responsibility to our neighbors in Mexico? No, they're not all Mexican. As we know, they're Arabs. They're Pakistanis. Pakistan. Guys, you're going to hear so much about that in 2019. And tomorrow, tomorrow's show is going to be awesome because I'm going to be hitting the ground running with a quid pro quo that includes Obama, Hillary Clinton, and a country in Asia that you probably didn't even know existed with quid pro quo. And it's all coming to the surface with these darn Panama Papers. Something that the mainstream media hasn't even talked about, haven't even mentioned. Pretty incredible, considering that it's right there and we're not talking about it, has to do with funding terrorists and stop funding terrorists, getting money to do that too. So as 2018 ends tonight, I want you all to remember that this was a prelude. Scroll through, just Google or DuckDuckGo, not Google, you know, President Trump executive orders and pull up the federal registry and see what he's doing. If you run through it, you'll see things that make sense for you. You'll see things about Venezuela. You'll see things about, uh, you know, uh, the election integrity. You'll see things about Nicaragua. 
these are what's important for our president. That's what he's looking for. I mean, he's discussing veterans, um, streamlining and expediting requests to locate broadband in rural areas, uh, crime prevention, um, you know, faith and opportunity initiative, you know, bringing people out of these prisons. Because remember, the Clintons, Chief Justice Roberts, the Bushes, and people from Colorado all got together with the aid of, you know, Noriega, And William Barr, who facilitated, right, let's not forget William, who's pretty much out of the news cycle after his nomination. So these people plowed and infested our United States with cocaine in the late 70s and early 80s, getting everybody and their mother high, creating these low-level thugs, distributing their own product that they were bringing in from Central America. And then while they were getting America high, they were privatizing prisons, and then right after they were privatized, they were what? Creating the laws to lock all of these people up for a very long time. There you go, slave camps. Oh, and keep in mind that this border stuff all has to do with money too because you know how many federal contracts are awarded for beds and and products that these illegal immigrants need while they're at the border being held? Yeah, tons of it. And they all come down to correction facilities too. That is what's coming up in 2019. And as far as Chief Chief Justice Roberts, we might, for the first time in our history, either see him get suicided, and it's obviously very apparent, Or in the first time ever in history, we might actually have proceedings to remove the chief justice of the Supreme Court, which right now there are no actual remedies um, apart from him dying. You know, he, he, he leaves the post when he dies. So tomorrow, just to be clear, is 1 1 2019. Our new amendments go into effect in regards to the UCMJ. And court martial rules starting the first of the month tomorrow. So as this year goes out, understand that in order to make, make something great, create something huge, and destroy something so corrupt, you need to build the foundations for it. Because if your floor is not solid, your walls aren't going to stick. And right now, the prelude for 2018 tells you this global cabal is crumbling. The global economy will collapse, but we will be fine. And yes, they're all getting locked up. For sure. On that note, I want to wish everyone a healthy and happy 2019 from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. And I appreciate you being with me today. And happy new year.